0: Welcome back, everybody. This is a special, special time uh, for me, a special episode. This is our 100th episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am uh, shocked beyond belief that not only do I get a chance to do something that I love uh, and I get a chance to speak to these incredible people, but some of them have been um, people so influential that I really needed to have them on this episode, and I wanted to thank them in person. So um, we're going to have that uh, out of the way first, and then we're going to uh, go around the table and, uh, you know, talk acting and why they love it. So uh, welcome everybody, and welcome to Michael Kostrov, to uh, uh, Austin Basis, Steve Bernstein, Thomas Capacci, and Sujith Verhees. Welcome, I love you guys enormously. Congratulations, Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, congrats! Hundred
1: episodes. That's crazy.
0: It's, and with and, all of us on, this counts as five more. Was I 50? So, I think I was 50. <laughs> you were 50, and we'll there get 50 to that. And 100. Yeah, yeah. So, I, like, I like round numbers. Uh, and Michael, and let's kick it off right there. Michael was the first guest on the show. Woo. And Yep, thank you, thank you, Michael. Michael Kostroff. Couldn't uh, get anybody
1: else. Huh? And uh, You couldn't get anybody else? Was that what it was? everyone else was, yeah, else was busy
0: yeah Michael honestly you were the first person I reached out to um I I thought you know what I'm going to shoot for the stars and I am going to reach out to Michael because I heard you on on a podcast and um you were so gracious and I thought you know what this is a perfect perfect person to reach out to he's likely to say no but I'm gonna reach out anyway so I reached out and Im- almost immediately, I got an email back saying, yeah, I would love to. I always make myself available for our acting community. I thought, this is a sign from the universe that this is going to work. And then you came on, we had a great show. Uh, I, I couldn't have, uh, you know, been luckier.
1: Well, oh, thank you. I, I, I uh, first of all, I have no life. But no, it's <laughs> not, not just that.
0: No, I,
1: I, I uh, well, to be really honest, I like talking and I like talking about what we do yeah. um, and I, I think that mentorship uh, is an important part of our tradition. Uh, it's part, part of our sort of tribal tradition as, as actors. So, uh, so yeah, I, I never missed the opportunity to, to do that when asked and I, I was grateful that you asked me.
0: It was, it was wonderful. And uh, another sign from the universe was because I like talking as, as all of you know, you know, Austin and I couldn't shut up uh, and we talked for more than three hours. <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh. but uh, <laughs> uh, in, It was something that I said that, you know, means a lot kind of to me and uh, you took note and you actually said, wait, I need to write this down. Uh, my phrase was, this is not to pat myself on the shoulder, but when we're talking about mental health, my phrase was, "I'm either creative or I'm destructive," and uh, you know, Michael, you stopped and you wrote that down. And I said, I "You know, this is another sign from the universe that what I have to say and these conversations are worth having, and that's why I need to continue with this." So, thank you, thank you, thank
1: you. It's my great honor, great honor. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I became the choice, but I, I'm I'm very honored.
0: Uh, and likewise. Um, Moving on, the second uh, person, you know, from our uh, perspective that was on the show is Sujith uh, Varughese, who my family adores. And I'm not just talking about his shows. This is just Sujith Varughese. He became kind of the, uh, he's part of the vernacular of our, of our speech now. So anytime we say very nice, my daughter and my son respond by saying Varughese. Oh, yeah, excellent. Yeah, very I nice. I need to use that. Yeah. Uh, and Sujith, you you know, were my first actor from Canada that came onto the show. And um, since that time, I'm proud to say that at least a third, if not more, of the actors that I've spoken to on the show are from Canada. And you were the one who started that whole process. And not only did you start that whole process, you also said, OK, I'm going to introduce you to my uh, uh, to my, um agent, uh, who's wonderful. I'm going to introduce you to my publicist. I'm going to recommend that you speak to Bruce Dow, who was an amazing interview and a wonderful person. I'm going to introduce you to Cliff and Liz Saunders, who were wonderful. I'm going to introduce you to Umberly Gonzalez, who was fabulous. So you started me uh, not only speaking to other excellent people, but you started the process of saying, listen, you know, we should probably kind of change your backdrop. Right. This has a direct re- correlation to you because my backdrop is, as Thomas remembers, because you were on that interview and so was Steve, Michael you as well. You remember what the backdrop used to be. Backdrop used to be kind of this long way looking at my wall and my parents were telling me to make up my bed because it looks horrible. So, Sujit, you uh, continue to be that, that driver. That allowed me to get better as a show, to get people on, and to start this whole process. I cannot be more thankful to
2: you. Well, it's the director of me that wanted the backdrop, but um, uh, so I, I'm I'm grateful for the upgrade. Uh, you know, the thing of the thing of, of after talking to you the first time, uh, I mean, you're uh, it, it wasn't an interview; it was a conversation, and it was a conversation about craft, and I really enjoyed it and i thought you know we as actors we are a community and uh that's why i thought you should meet some other people at least in my community of actors Mm -hmm. here in toronto and um and i'm glad it worked out because because uh you know being an actor in canada is sort of like being in witness protection i say uh we don't get the fame that uh our our Primetime counterparts down south often do, and uh, so I knew that all the people that I put you on to would would you know would be like Michael, you know. Oh, somebody's asking me stuff. I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to be asked, you know. So uh, and I hope that they they gave you perspectives that I couldn't have, you know. And and uh, and I think the the multiplicity of voices, uh, you know, what's interesting about that is I suspect that you got both a multiplicity of voices and some common themes. And I think that for people who watch your show regularly will be a good um, a
0: takeaway. That's true, uh, absolutely. And because again, uh, it takes many times for us to hear something for it to resonate. And you may hear the same information from another person and then it finally clicks. So absolutely, that's some, that's been kind of the, the same uh, pattern that I've seen over and over and talking to actors and hearing the same themes. Uh, even casting directors who can't agree on most things, you still hear some of the same themes. So hopefully as people get to listen to this, they will get it and it will help them in their career. Yeah. Um, moving on, the third person that appeared on the show from our you know, friends and family of the show is Steve Bernstein. Uh, Steve is, is a friend, I mean, he was a friend before the show. And, uh, you know, talking about this backdrop for a second, who do you think helped me set things up, including the lights that are over there and make sure that everything is done? And three-time Emmy, uh, you know, winner is Steve Bernstein, um, which, again, kind of blows my mind just thinking about that, that a person who has had um, a, you know, a part in interviewing how many presidents, Steve? I, I don't want to misquote. How many presidents did uh, you interview? Six. Six. Yeah, six presidents, and has been everywhere and seen everything. Now I get a chance to ask him questions of how I can grow and how I can do a better job and service the people who are listening and watching our program. So, Steve, uh, I-, I can't thank you enough because a- anytime something happens, you know, my phone is is uh, my phone call is to Steve saying, "Hey, Steve, this is what happened. I, I want to talk about this," and you pick up or you have to call back if you're busy. So um, I'm incredibly grateful. Oh, it's been my absolute pleasure. And I love the phrase that Michael
3: used, this really is a tribe, whether you're in front or behind the camera. And I love embracing the people that want to do good work, no matter what it is, and want to help other people. So I think we talked about it during my conversation with you, is that I Well, number one, I couldn't compete with these guys, these are pretty impressive actors, but I don't compete with them, I compete with me. So if there's ever anything I can do to be of any help to anybody, really, it's
0: truly my pleasure. Um, Fourth person that uh, that was on the show, and again, this is all chronologically, uh, is Thomas Capacci. Thomas is somebody who I've been watching on my favorite TV drama of all time. Everybody has heard me talk about it, the West wing, which, you know, Michael, you were on on an episode as well, which I love. Um, Thomas Capacci, I've been watching, you know, Tom for years and rewatching because I love the show and I've seen Tom in you know, catch me if you can. And, uh, psych, you know, my first, and the, You know, I have my number one uh, drama of all time and number one comedy of all time. Psych is the number one comedy. So I've seen uh, Tom everywhere. And then uh, getting a chance to speak to Tom and then realizing, and my jaw kind of dropping by realizing that in Tom's illustrious career, I am the first one who gets to interview him. That was an incredibly humbling experience. And you couldn't have been more gracious. And we had an uh, amazing conversation. And then the part that I still can truly believe and understand is that you became a friend and you and your wonderful wife, Anna are my biggest supporters, always cheering everything that I'm doing and have become closest friends and confidants. Um, It still doesn't compute that, you know, May 20th uh, was uh, was the first uh, interview with Michael. And at that point, I was, you know, I was Alan. I was still Alan. Steve knew me uh, as Alan. And now I get a chance a few months later to talk to all these amazing people who have now become friends. I don't know. It's some parallel universe thing that still doesn't fully compute. Tom, it's, it's such an honor and a privilege uh, to have you as a friend, not only just a person who I've, been watching and then had a chance to talk to you. Well, uh, thank you for those wonderful
4: comments, Alan. And uh, all I can say is it's a privilege to be to be with you and to be your friend. And uh, I so enjoyed that interview and I really uh, want to re- give a compliment to you about the how relaxed you made me feel and how it became uh, a, a conversation, just uh, two people talking. And, and I got reminded uh, a couple of moments as we were talking how how lucky i am how very fortunate i am because i it, on any given day you can ask me how is it going tom and i can give you all kinds of complaints <laughs> but uh, sitting with you for that time it reminded me this really is a wonderful thing i i do love this i'm i'm privileged to be part of it and to to see all of these talented people plus the many other talented people all over our country canada and around the world and that it's a community it's a tribe and uh It's an honorable profession, an honorable craft that goes back what, thousands of years. And uh, so uh, it was wonderful to be reminded of that. Thank you for that. And uh, I didn't necessarily wanted to be reminded of how old I was, but that had to come with the territory. (laughs) But uh, I so enjoyed it and I just congratulate you, Alan. It's, It's wonderful to be part of this and wonderful to see how this has grown.
0: Thank you, thank you, Tom. Uh, and you know, last but not least, uh, Mr. Austin Basis, who was the 50th interview, and now he's a part of the 100th show. Austin Basis, the, the way that we got uh, you know in contact is another incredible actor and a wonderful person who I adore. I just I, I couldn't. Uh, I I thought about how many you know little windows can we fit into this so people can actually see you, and, and I stuck with only five but if I had a chance to invite more, I certainly would. So Tim uh, Davis would be one of those. He was wonderful interview, such a great uh, uh, guy. And then Austin is his friend. So that's how we got connected. And Austin and I couldn't shut up. We, yeah. talked, we talked for more than three yeah. hours and I had to cut it down into two parts. And we could have talked more. Uh, I, just, I just started feeling bad that I'm taking so much of his time. And it was an amazing conversation. And then Austin did something that will always stay with me. Not only did he get me, you know, Reggie, uh, Reggie Austin to talk to and Gabe uh, Fazio to talk to and, uh, my goodness, uh, G- Goya Robles uh, to talk to, plus, you know, a ton of other people that I've had a chance to communicate with, but he also wrote a testimonial comparing me uh, to the man who inspired the show. Uh, to uh, the great James Lipton, and that kind of whether it's a fair comparison or not, uh, that you know time will tell, but it's and more of these signs and the universe uh, sending messages to me that hey, this is what you should be doing, and whether uh, this you know becomes anything, whether it goes in a network, whether it you know who knows what's going to happen with the show, it doesn't really matter but I should be pursuing this uh, plan of action. And you know, Austin, I I'm I'm speechless for all of the help and the you know uh, ability to kind of uh, make this show into what it is. You played a really really big part in it.
5: Well, honestly, it was my pleasure because, uh, like a lot of everyone was saying, it wasn't your average interview. It was a conversation. mainly about the craft and about life um and oftentimes when i've been interviewed by blogs and other sources you know the the questions don't really scratch the surface of you know who you are as a person uh what you do as as an actor as a craft um it's all the buzz kind of questions that everyone wants to know and you, you know, yes, we talk for two hours plus, And I'm glad you all came to this conversation because we're going to talk for a little more. Um, but uh, like others, I any opportunity to talk, I'm, I'm there. Um, and like Gabe Fazio said, that guy will talk your ear off. Um, but uh, it was that extra layer, and that's kind of <laughs> where the comparison to James Lipton, I went to the Actor's Studio Drama School probably saw 50 interviews um, in my time in the three years there, about, you know, 17 or 18 a year. Um, and and I think it goes back to what someone was saying about the more interviews you do, the more these themes start to arise uh, with people in our industry and our craft. And those things that kind of bubble to the surface wouldn't have bubble to the surface and wouldn't have – become clear without someone like you that's taking the time and asking the right questions and also asking the follow-up questions, um, about that stuff. So, um, that's kind of where the comparison is. And the more interviews you do, the closer the curve goes to someone like James Lipton who, you know, has a lot of interviews on his belt and, you know, in more of a public <laughs> format. But I, I look at you compared to James Lipton, uh, uh, there was a movie a couple of years ago. Uh, the guy who was in that thing, remember? I don't know if you guys saw it, but I, I know Michael could relate. Um, I feel like a guy that was in that thing where it's like, you know, you've been in some stuff, people kind of recognize you. They're not really sure if they know you from camp or school or <laughs> what. Um, but then, uh, then you have someone that, you know, takes the time to interview and talk to you. For a couple hours and people find out that there's like uh, a three-dimensional human being and uh, a life and, and, and someone who takes his craft really seriously and um, I think everyone here can attest to that, but um, uh, you provided that opportunity so thank you and you know continued success make it, make it may another hundred you know happen in the next six months um, also I do have to thank you too because. It came in this time when we're all quarantined, we're all separated by this crazy thing happening in the world. And that we had what we love to do kind of taken away from us in a way. And the the opportunity to talk about, you know, acting and and, you know, life and, and what what was going on is that tether that I needed and I'm sure everyone else appreciated to that continuity of a career that you don't always work but there's some hand you have in a cookie jar somewhere and some connection to the craft and usually there's something cooking on the stove and in a time when kind of the stove was shut off um we had you know something like this to to kind of sit for just two hours or an hour or however long your interview was to to, like, get back in touch with your artist and your craft and, you know, life away from politics and the pandemic.
1: These days it's sort of nostalgic, sadly. Yes, <laughs>
5: yeah, totally. totally. oh, the days back in February.
3: Remember <laughs> auditions? We were going into auditions in person. Yeah. But kudos to you, Alan. I mean, as Austin says, at a time when the world basically stopped, you were creating. And that's really very impressive uh, to see an opportunity rather than a reason to just plop on the couch like the rest of us. I've always been very impressed with what you've accomplished. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Um, It's, uh, I I do feel, I do feel a bit opportunistic because, uh, um, you know, the right ideas come at the right time, no matter what that time is. And I was taking workshops and I was taking acting classes. And I was speaking to very interesting people, but I didn't get a chance to really ask any questions because you have your two minutes and that's it. And I thought, well, that's not enough for me. I want more and I want all this information to be available to people so they can go back to it. And that was the impetus for starting the show and thinking, well, during this pandemic, while at that moment I was thinking, hey, we may have a month or two uh, for me to uh to talk to some people uh unfortunately it's it's you know taking a lot longer but that's how it started if it was not for covid i'm not sure that i would have had this show so if if it's a silver lining uh then you know god bless it because that certainly has given me a drive and a completely different avenue that i would not be in otherwise yeah um Few more thoughts and then we'll, we'll get to our discussion. Um, as, as you've mentioned, the conversations, because I keep uh, hearing it from all of you that these became conversations rather than uh, interviews. And the first, I think, time that I heard it, it took me aback. I, I knew that it was meant as a compliment, but I wanted to have interviews and I, and I wanted to be viewed as the interviewer. Uh, and then I threw it away and I said, I don't care because this is too much fun and these are conversations. I don't care what we call it. This, I'm still asking questions and then there are follow-ups and whatever way people want to identify, this is what I want to do. So there was a part of me that actually wanted to even change the name to have conversations in it. And maybe at some point I'll, I'll rebrand, but um, you helped me understand what the important part of uh, all of these interviews were, which are the conversations. And it has become global. This is, uh, I'm kind of blown away because I've uh, been able to interview people who are actors from Russia, uh, from India, from Italy, from Germany, you know, uh, from uh, Peru, uh, from Mexico. Right now, as I look at, because again, all of the the interviews, the audio portion goes on all of the podcasting platforms that are available around the world. The audio portion, the podcast uh, version, Uh, we get more views and more listens, uh, rather, from India than anywhere else around the world. So Um, there are more listens from India than there are of U.S. and Canada combined. So this has become, you know, at whatever level it is, because it's still a a, a tiny uh, level, but this has become a global show and something that people actually watch and listen to uh, all around the world. I'm still, you know, kind of blown away by that, too.
2: Well the thing is, Alan, you don't sell yourself short here in that because you're an actor, it was inevitable that it had to be a conversation rather than an interview. Like when I do interviews and I you know, I do those too, there's a translation that has to happen. Whereas with us it's there's no translating, it's peer to peer or you know, we have different levels of experience and different experiences that we bring to that conversation. There's no uh, um, translation required, you know what I mean, and I think that that's refreshing for me because uh you know when you're when when the world was normal and you could talk to your colleagues, it was never about this you know it was about your lousy residual check or something like that but but you know to be able to talk craft with a peer is a real um, it's a real pleasure and and I think that's what makes this your particular podcast uh,
0: so special I agree I agree thank you so now let's let's uh, let's get to you Um, you know my love of acting comes from me wanting to experience multiple lifetimes in one life Uh, that's where my love of acting comes from what about you where does yours come from and you know for no particular reason let's let's start with uh, with Tom because you're on my left all right well
4: I guess since I was a
0: child, and I'm
4: sure most of the people here would agree, uh, or maybe not, I was always kind of playing different things, uh, making faces, being clowns. uh, And I think for a period of time, it was kind of an escape for me. Uh, I don't have to go into details about that, but it it was a a place to feel safe. And uh, as time went on, I found myself fascinated by uh, being or portraying different things, emotions, or uh, uh, types of people. And uh, I I guess it was a growing love from being a playful thing, fun, playful, and I I like to think it still is, but to something that I really feel in my heart, an attachment to, and uh, I'm drawn to it. I'm drawn to watching good acting. I can forgive a script, I can forgive, if I'm watching a movie, for example, I can forgive a script that isn't that good or cinematography, although I appreciate those. But if I'm watching good acting, you've got me. And the same with theater. I just, I, I love the craft. I just love it. I, I get a charge in my heart from it.
0: Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. And uh, Sujit, uh, you're, you're on my right at the top, so we'll, we'll go to you next.
2: You know, it's a it's a really interesting question because I grew up uh, with the world's worst show business name uh, as a as a, a brown kid, son of immigrants in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, which is almost halfway around the world to the degree of longitude from the place in India where I was born. Mm. And that you know, I came. My parents came to Canada when I was or brought me when I was year old, so I grew up here. But but I think that um, belonging was something that I craved and I didn't find very easily as a child. You know, Even though I was growing up uh, and seeing the world through my eyes, I didn't see me in the picture that everybody else saw. So I didn't see the only brown kid in the school picture. I didn't see the only brown kid trying to play football or trying to play hockey or whatever, and not having a dad who even knew how to skate and to teach me how to, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I think when I was uh, young and in uh, like 10, 12, 11, um, I got to be in a creative drama class. I don't know why my parents enrolled me, but from that point on, I know that whenever I've been on stage, whenever I've been on a set, Whenever I have been in a in that kind of environment, I feel at home. It feels like home. You know, I'm I'm on this show now called Transplant, which is this huge hospital show, and I shot the very first scenes shot for the series. And uh, I come onto this set, which is this vast hospital in a soundstage, and it's a real hospital and it's enormous. And the first day, there's 75 extras playing. Uh, uh, patients and doctors in the background, and you know, and I've got this huge walk and talk of medical jargon that I have to spew. And and my partner in the scene and I asked her about it afterwards. I said, "How did you feel?" And she said, "Oh, I was just all I wanted was to make sure I didn't screw up." She actually used a bit nastier word than that, but that I didn't screw up. And she said, "How did you feel?" And I said, "I felt at home." You know, with all of that stuff, 85 crew and 75 actors and background and, you know, I, and, and that's always been the case. It, it just feels like home. I don't know how that translates. I don't know what, you know, I can't tell you what that would be if somebody else tried it, because I know lots of people do not feel at home. Uh, I mean, not actors, but non-actors do not feel at home in front of an audience. Uh, I'm more at home in front of an audience than I am at a party. You know, I'm more at home in front of an audience than I am walking down the street. I don't know why that is, um, but I know that's the case.
0: That's beautiful. And by the way, <clears throat> for those watching, the, uh, the show that, uh, that Sujith name is number one uh, drama in Canada. He's also number one comedy in Canada, Kim's Convenience, so please go check well, it
2: Well, I just found out that Transplant is the number one watch show on American television now because it's on NBC. and uh, On NBC, and that's right. yeah. Wonderful.
0: Beautiful. Tuesday night at 10, well, 10. Yeah. We'll, we'll put a link below that as well. Yeah. So,
3: yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, Steve, how about you? Where does your love of acting come from? Uh,
3: I guess it would be something of a cop-out to say, well, what they said. <clears throat> um, I mean, to Tom's point, as a kid, I was, you know, the silly clown who <laughs> did voices and, <laughs> If I could make somebody smile and laugh, I just, I floated. And to Suji's point, even though I had a very different background, I never quite fit in with any particular group. You know, I could play sports well enough, but I wasn't a jock. You know, I could do everything okay, but I never really fit in. And I think becoming other characters, other, you know, reading the room as it was, even when I was a kid and saying you know, this isn't gonna work in this group. And my mind just went in that direction. Uh, and like you're saying, Sujith, I feel so comfortable on set. In I, I just did something recently where, you know, big crew again, everyone's been careful, thankfully, a big ensemble cast. And I'm walking in with this big moment and kind of standing in the middle of everybody. And when they yelled cut and the director came over and said very nice things, I walked away, I started giggling to myself because I can't believe I get to do this. It's just so much fun. I, um, my dad was a wonderful storyteller and I think that's really where the love came from. I, you know, He would tell me stories when I was going to bed. I never realized at the time that he was improvising. He was making it all up as he went because I always thought I gotta get that book that he was reading from, there was no book. And I just love stories. And like Tom was saying, you know, well-told stories. Yeah, I, I have a tougher time for giving bad cinematography, but the bad acting just it makes my skin crawl. But the good stuff, I sit there and I, I watch people nowadays and I start go, wow, I couldn't begin to do what they just did. That's beautiful. And I just love it and it draws me in because it's wonderful storytelling and that again the tribal aspect you know we're passing down our stories and this is an important way that we do that nowadays and i'm just thrilled to be a part of it yeah thank you steve michael
0: how about you
1: um i was nodding through what everyone else was saying also because it was a lot of just, just you know it's I love, I love the commonality of, 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 of our, our thoughts and feelings on this. Uh, I, I think for me, my love of acting has a lot to do with its rightness for me. Um, I, 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 I don't know what I believe about things like this, but I, it feels like a calling. Um, you know, like, like when a dog sees a squirrel and that becomes their complete focus. As soon as I knew there was such a thing, I was like, oh, no, no, that's my thing. That's my thing. That's my thing. Um, and so when I'm, the fact that I decided to do this crazy thing with my life, which is so unstable and weird and full of crazy people, has a rightness. There's a click to it where it's like, I'm on, I'm doing the right thing that was my thing. That, 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 following that, that beacon that, 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 you know, uh, and I, I, there are certain qualities about me that I think I think there are reasons why it fits. One is I'm 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 restless. I always want to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And we get to step into all these different lives and circumstances constantly. Um, it's one of the ways that I've come to really um, relish auditioning, which is something that I've been, as you know that's my my thing. That's what I've been teaching is because I for that moment I get to I get to to, to be somebody completely different and it suits my restlessness and also. Uh, another thing that I'm always candid about is, like many actors, I, I, I just the, the the low self-esteem, the self-loathing, the lostness, the confusion, the darkness in me. When that all, like when I'm in the right place doing the right thing, I'm like, okay, I'm okay. I'm with my my crazy weird people, doing the thing I'm supposed to do, and it it sort of puts a puts a puts a piece, you know. Um, the other thing is it, for me has to do with empathy. I, I I'm finally realizing in my late old age that uh, at my late age, that my level of wanting to really understand people is, is maybe um, a a larger part of who I am than it might be for other people. Uh, And so there's a, there's a sort of a diplomacy and gap bridging in acting where it's like, yes, I'm playing a a horrible human being. Let me see if I can make a case for that guy, you know? Uh, And, um, and I think that's 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 one of the gifts that we keep giving to viewers is is hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's let's I'm always telling my, my acting students, I'm like, make a case for your character. Let's see if you can make a case for that person. So it's you know, again, uh uh, you know I could I could also talk for three hours about this, but I, I think that's what the the love of it comes from 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 all of that. Oh, and uh, and the camaraderie of show folk. Best people ever. I finally am just giving way to it we're more interesting than other people.
0: <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> we,
1: we just are, that's all. It's,
0: it's, uh-huh. it's hard to argue with that. And then uh, this, by the way, you know, I was making a case to my wife who hates all this uncertainty, but I was making a case to my wife for why our daughter should continue being in theater. She's a uh, you know, sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. And I, I told her, look, high school is difficult enough you want to be surrounded in a community that's accepting that's open that's weird and they're okay with it and that are all for each other and that's what the acting community does and lots of our friends are in there and that i think was one of the things that resonated with my wife saying okay fine she can do more theater because it'll be easier for her to go through life
1: it's true true yeah. it's like a little oasis but for, for yeah. when, it, when it's your thing it's it's your oasis
0: yeah. Especially in high school, if you can find a way to be happy,
3: God bless her.
0: <laughs> and uh, also for me as a parent, that gives me a lever. She doesn't want to do high school. Uh, excuse me, she doesn't want to do homework. Sure, her grades are not good. Listen, you're, you're gonna you're gonna lose out on the, on theater because we're not gonna let you do it. Okay, Dad, I'm going to do my homework now. It works. Good idea, yeah. uh, Austin. You know, uh, what what about you? Your love of acting.
5: Uh, Well, it's funny that Michael said making a case for it when he usually plays lawyers, right? You know the irony. We we become our
1: parts, right? And awful lawyers, awful, (laughs) awful, (laughs) terrible. Making a case case for those guys. For a
5: horrible, horrible, evil lawyer.
1: Yeah, it's (laughs) it's hard.
5: Um, Defense attorneys, huh? Um, Yeah. So, I mean, pretty much everything everyone said, um, but. From my perspective, when I was younger, um, I I feel like I was performing coming out of the womb. Um, I lived in a family that was just gregarious and um, appreciated theater and uh, kind of entertaining and laughing. And you know, um, I had, my favorite holiday was Halloween. So (laughs) I had a collection of costumes. And we had a Halloween store close to us that was open all year round. Um, it actually moved into the city. I don't know if anyone in New York is called Abracadabra. Um, yeah. There's a place in the city. It used to be in Caesars Bay in Brooklyn uh, as a booth. And I used to go there all the time, get masks, get, you know, fake noses, glasses. I have a, a picture of me and my dad uh, when I was uh, probably less than a year. With We both have... The, the glasses with the nose and the mustache on. Um, so that gives you a sense of like what I was coming up into. Um, and then, you know, like I just found myself imitating the characters from our neighborhood in like Coney Island and Brooklyn with all the accents and all the crazy people walking around. It was just like, you know, they were just open subjects for uh, a kid who <laughs> loved, you know, I guess I guess it's not making fun when you like really embody and in um you know impersonate the person as opposed to you know picking on them. Um mm-hmm. I used to do a full on impersonation of a guy that would just talk to himself. He had like he would move in like this weird way. Um and he's like he would get he kinda like do one of these things and like, you know, got a cigarette, you know? Um, And so that moved into, besides making faces in the mirror, um, I think Tom (laughs) alluded to that, uh, really kind of like, you know, finding this, um, a place on the stage and, and, and feeling, even though like my life was, you know, basically in your average middle-class, lower middle-class Jewish upbringing in New York, it, there wasn't, um, there weren't any like traumatic things pushing me one way or uh amazing privilege pushing me the other way it was just i was going down the middle i was like steve said part of a lot of different groups i played sports i was always the best or one of the best on my team but not the best in the league right and um i wasn't necessarily a jock because i also did theater and i did plays and so i kind of uh was like a pendulum between all these different worlds. I was a good student, so I was kind of a nerd too. So, but I wasn't into nerdy things. Um, so I, it's kind of like bumper bowling, right? Like my parents just rolled the ball down the alley and I just kept going back and forth between, um, between the, the, the gutters, which were covered by, you know, bumpers and just hit the pins eventually. Um, I almost became a doctor. I almost went to school to become a doctor. Um, ultimately, I feel like there was some point in high school where, um, I did a play and it was junior year. We did this thing called sing where all the, uh, the, um, the, the grades competed against one another, put on their own shows and would do two performances and there would be judges and whoever got the most points would win. Usually it was the seniors because that's just how it worked. Occasionally, the juniors would win. So when I was a junior, I played a nerd. You know, it was all about stereotypes. So I was the lead nerd. Um, And I just took it to another level. Like, you've seen Urkel. I took it to, like, you know, fanatic Urkel, right? Um, Over the top, that kind of, like, Jim Carrey desperate, like, anything for a laugh kind of thing. And there there was this point when I felt like, there was this click where no one else was on the stage and it was just me conducting the audience to my whim. Like it, you know, and I wouldn't call it a power, but, um, and I've done dramas since that has the same effect without the laughter, but, um, I would reference it. I I thought of it when someone was talking, but it's, it's something about the air in between people, right? that as a theater performer that you don't necessarily get as a TV or a film actor, but even on set, there's the air in between people that that is a static energy in theater and in life that's unlike anything else that you experience. And that type of connection and that type of energy catapulted me into uh, kind of becoming an archaeologist of my own Imagination, my own potential, my own you know Im- mind, and so pushing the limit of like what I could do and the extremes of characters I could become, and again make the case for the worst evil people, and then um, bring vulnerability to the most competent um, and empathy to the most confident of uh, you know unattractive individuals, and even more so bring myself the kind of like, you know, the guy from that thing, you know, the every man to a role where people could actually see themselves and believe that I was living that, that kind of, that life um, for them, you know, that they've lived to represent them, uh, but to relate, someone to relate to. And I felt like, I feel like where my success has come in my career has been in those roles where, even if he's the the murderer on the procedural, that there is some aspect of you know my performance or my interpretation of the character that allows people to to relate to that um, and to like carry that forth and to you know just um, almost share that love and kind of become more human than i uh they can be in real life because we all have insecurities and we all have guards up and you know it's you know we just do small talk with guys and we don't talk about feelings and talk about sports and quote movies and you know all this stuff that um i mean especially this time is changing now because i mean people all they have to do is talk there's no contact so um but yeah so it that love evolved and it was a natural level i always think of it as a natural evolution and even when I contemplate something else, the, the bumper ball, the bumper bowling pushes me back towards the pins.
0: Perfect. Um, Sujith, I, w- I was pointing at you because uh, you almost became a doctor. <laughs> so, and you've played so many doctors that uh, I think you were, maybe you were kidding, maybe you were not that the, uh, that the uh, uh, Canadian Medical Association or AMA was, uh, was saying that they would, Award you a uh, a doctorate degree just for playing so many doctors? Is oh that- no, the, the
2: the actors union.
0: Actors union. Got Once up. I hit fifty doctors, I get
2: an honorary medical degree from the actors union.
0: <laughs> Perfect, Michael. What about you and the lawyers? Any any discussion with the <laughs> with the legal? Um,
1: uh, well, I do have my diploma uh, from 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 the set of the wire. Uh, that says that I'm a lawyer, which is pretty good. They said you could have you could have one prop. I said that I want that. <laughs> so I have a fake a fake law law degree, uh, but no, I I don't uh, I don't think I would uh, be qualified to practice law.
0: Understood. Well, but uh, that that brings up a really interesting question, at least for me. So I know what you took uh, from uh, from the set of the wire. Uh, how about you guys? What was the you know from your iconic shows? You know, the West Wing or um, I mean, now, uh, Sujith, the, the show is, is fairly new, but what were some of the things that you had a chance to take from Seth that are really kind of, uh, um, are really for you, and uh, and you'll never forget them? So, Michael, we, we heard yours. Uh, what about anybody else? Tom, what did you take from West Wing or Star Trek or whatever?
4: Oh, well, uh, Star Trek. Uh, getting back to my loving to make faces as a kid, I... I was always an alien on Star Trek. Okay, I loved being aliens. I loved having the makeup on and these these creatures, uh, and uh, an appreciation for uh, oh, just the imagination uh, of that show. I thought it was just marvelous. But in West Wing, I uh, now I was uh, an adult and uh, have fairly uh, reasonably well educated. I developed a deeper appreciation for the process of what goes on in the White House and in the political arena in a way that I hadn't had before. Uh, Just uh, an appreciation of uh, these are human beings doing the best they can. And it's an immensely complicated. I won't get into the current thing going on now because I have strong opinions about that, but uh, a deeper appreciation for the process. But I have to add, the roles that I played in the past, the hardest for dialogue were doctors and lawyers. <laughs> and I talked with a buddy of mine, and he said, "What do you think is the most difficult thing to learn?" I said, "Doctor speak and lawyer speak." <laughs> he said, "Yeah, I agree." Uh, so hats off to you guys. Uh, but yeah, deeper appreciation for that, and I, and I guess every role we've done, we develop an understanding or some insight into. The world that we're inhabiting for that time. But By the
1: way, Tom, Tom, the one I did one tiny part on the West Wing, and I, I snuck into the Oval Office during lunch and sat in the president's chair and instantly felt that I had done something terribly wrong. <laughs> the, set, the, set, the set is so believable. I mean, it's it's, it's it. You know, it was like you were in the White House. I thought, yeah. oh, I can't, I can't do it. And yeah. it's just a set. It was so it's good. The
0: set, I know. <laughs> Did you, uh, did you try to, you know, do you have any scalpels around the house? Uh, or? Oh, no, I, you know, I, I'm Canadian. So
2: I actually listened to them when they said you can't take stuff. Uh, but I, I, I will say there were two times that I really wanted to. One was about 20 years ago. I was on a movie called Mission to Mars. And mm-hmm. NASA was uh, assisting in the making of that film. So I, I had a lot of time on my hands. So I would walk on this vast uh, space station set. And I went into the galley part of it and I opened up the drawers on the galley and they were all filled with actual NASA astronaut freeze dried food. I mean, they could have put cat treats in these drawers because they were never going to be used, but they were all filled with this NASA food. So I really wish I'd stolen one of those. And and I I guess I'm giving giving a, a bit of news away. I'm on the upcoming season of a show called The Expanse. And I really wanted to take one of those futuristic cell phones, but oh, wait, I didn't. I didn't. Can, can I add
1: one more thing? Yeah. I uh, I did Wizard of Lies, which was about Bernie Madoff. By the way, I've never stolen anything. I've only been. I've only asked, and I asked the prop guys <laughs> whether I can have some Bernie Madoff checks. They went, Yeah, sure. So I sent my agent like a $100,000 birdie made off check. And I said, you might want to hold off on cash cash, cash just for a little while. (laughs) Amazing.
5: Amazing.
4: I'd like to throw something in quickly. Uh, Many years ago, I did one of the last episodes of ER. And I was a heart surgeon doing a heart transplant. And they had a heart surgeon on set uh, with us. And he described the proper way to hold a heart as you were removing it and placing it. And I'll never forget the tenderness and uh, that you're holding the life of a being. And uh, I don't know why I'm throwing that in. It just stayed with me. I, I couldn't steal anything, but uh, but uh, that uh, that experience was quite, it's still vivid in my mind. And I'll throw a plug out for a film I just did uh, uh, a, a year ago this summer. Uh, Team Marco will be streaming... November twentieth. It's a beautiful family film. That's what you right. gonna say you stole hearts.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's where I thought this was going to. Yeah. So day of ER, I have a heart. It's, it's it's on my shelf. It's quite an experience. Yeah. No, that's that's wonderful. Uh, Steve, what about you? Anything anything you took that uh, you asked or didn't? Well, I've asked
3: for things, but uh, I must be part Canadian from somewhere way back when they said, no, I kind of believed them. Um, But I guess, like Tom, I've taken some just wonderful experiences and feelings and emotions, things I've seen in other people and what they've done and how they've treated their characters. And so I guess I've stolen those. I mean, there have been wonderful props I wanted to make off with, uh, because it really is such an I think underappreciated art form the people that create things I mean when you're on I assume on Star Trek it it looks amazing and the fact that they built that from nothing it just always blows me away yeah
0: so a couple little articles
3: of clothing uh, there it's out yes okay.
0: you Got you. Uh, Austin um, um, anything from uh, Beauty and the Beast I, I know my wife will kill me for that, but if I had a chance to take anything, I'd take the beauty. Uh, <laughs> anything you took from that, Seth?
5: Um, I, so yeah, like props. I always, I always try to get props put in like, that I like, you know? Not that, you know, because I, I like to, you know, collaborate and, and be part of creating characters, especially with a series regular. If I'm a guest star coming onto a show, I'm not going to be like, oh, they should put this on the wall. Um, but uh, I always wind up, I always wind up getting wardrobe and 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 and, in my case, glasses from the characters. With JT, I went in. I had bought I about six months before the audition, the um, the first audition for the pilot. Uh, I had bought these glasses that I was like, there was a lot of period dramas happening, and you know, talk about NASA, it would be like perfect for a guy play you know, uh, playing a, a scientist at NASA, you know, these thicker glasses that um and I was playing a, a biochemist, you know, like a biochemistry professor. Talk about language to get your your mouth around. Mm-hmm. Um you know, every episode exposition of biochemical things I'd never heard of when I first wrote the script. <laughs> so I think I have kind of an education, but I I wouldn't try to do anything. Uh I wouldn't try to gene splice or anything like that, um, but yeah. So I would always um, kind of take the glasses for that one. My glasses were the ones they used, so they just ordered, you know, kind of doubles of them. And then at some point in the series, they broke one of them because that was part of it that I was su- supposed to be dead. And they find the glass. They find the glass on the floor because someone steps on them, and they only had like two glasses two sets or three sets to work with, including the ones I had to wear later in the episode. So those were mine originally. I never took those, um, but on my, the first series I did Life Unexpected, um, I did take the glasses. And you wear a certain type of glasses, people that do wear glasses in shows, it becomes a little more iconic um, and attached with those, right,
2: there you
5: go. it matches with the character. Um, I'm not necessarily Johnny Depp who's going to dress like Jack Sparrow or whoever for like three years after Pirates of the Caribbean. But I feel like there is this postpartum thing when you're able to take part of the wardrobe that it eases the transition back into real life or back to yourself Um, or in another way, it becomes a part of you. So um, certain flannels I have are from Beauty and the Beast. I have a couple sweatshirts. Um, I have these really cool high top sneakers, but they're brown leather. So they're kind of like shoes and they, you know, I just love them. And there were multiple pairs on set because I always had stunts. Um, I would say the one, the craziest thing I have um, is, and Tom may know something about this, is a face cast or a, a torso cast of my entire head that I had to do for um, a complete prosthetic over my head of a pig. And so I, in my closet and for a while I had in the corner of the room until I started dating my current wife, she was like, you gotta cover that up. Uh, (laughs) Because it's literally, it's literally like this and just all white. It's like a death mask, Yeah, Uh, just torso just suspended on the floor and it's really heavy it's like what they use to make mold the you know prosthetic uh silicone stuff in the clay so they make the clay mold then they make you know but your your face and your head are there for them to make up what they want to based on your dimensions so i have that somewhere in my closet and it's gonna stay there (laughs) (laughs) because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we have kids, I mean, that would scare the shit out of Mike, you know, or my nieces and nephews. Right?
0: Listen, Halloween is coming up. So I, I mean, may, may take yeah. that out just for just for that. Um, I know that, again, this is uh, I know all of us can talk for a long, long time and I would love every moment of it. But uh, as the last question that I wanted to ask you. And, and, you know, I keep in mind that I'm asking this question of an audience who between them has 475 IMDB credits, uh, a writing award, an acting award, and three Emmys. So uh, what, if you had to pick one thing uh, out, of your, uh, out of your careers and say that that has been the key to your success uh, for your career, what would that one thing be? And let's start with uh, Steve. <laughs> sure, come to me first.
3: Um, well, first off, I don't feel like I have achieved a level of success. I mean, I'm loving it. Um, I mean, always that That's come on. Mm-hmm. Just no, no, that, no. I mean, I'm, 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 <laughs> when I see four hundred and seventy some odd IMDb credits, I, I know what number I'm pulling. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I guess. It's the connection with people. It's the, um, the the desire to listen to the other guy. I've been in several scenes where, you know, the camera's on my scene partner and I'm listening, I'm boring in, I'm, I'm, I'm with him. And when the scene is over, they'll come over and be, oh my God, thank you so much for that. And I'm thinking, for doing my job? And they're like, no, no, cause I haven't been getting that from anybody else. I'm thinking, I. This is where I wanna be doing what I wanna do with you having this moment when we're doing it. I have no idea what else is going on out there. Um, I'm getting off topic. I forgot what the actual question was, but there's just this wonderful human connection telling stories of people that I don't know, but I'm helping to bring them to life. Um, uh, I just did one recently where I'm playing a a clinical psychologist who, spoiler alert, has kidnapped a group of serial killers and is forcing them into group therapy. Wow. (laughs) It's really strange. uh, Granted, it's gonna be on Amazon Prime in uh, December. I'm watching that, I'm I'm in. (laughs) You know what, as I read the script, it was actually somebody I had worked with a couple years ago that said, didn't even want me to audition, said, would you be interested? And I was like, thank you for thinking of me. That's amazing. He sent me the script, and I was reading it going, oh, would you really let me do this? It's so good. It's so, because to your point, to play a quote-unquote bad guy who has redeeming value, but I've always loved playing bad guys who smile, because they're so much more interesting than bad guys who scream and curse and you know snarl. And to walk into a group of bad guys who I've done something bad too, and it makes you start thinking, all right, if you do something bad to bad people, are you a bad person or are you a good person? Anyway, just the layers to it. Um, it's called The Killers Club. We'll see how it turns out. But um, yeah, And what was the question again originally? The
0: question is, <laughs> what, what advice that you would offer about having success in your career?
3: Uh, uh, the advice I would have is, uh, number one, listen. and. Uh, uh, Absorb, don't ever walk in thinking you know what you're going to do. Um, uh, I get nervous when somebody goes, No, 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 I, I got this. It's like, uh, I in, got in school, I was not a particularly good student. I like being an okay athlete. I was an okay student. I could literally do nothing and get a B, or I could make an effort and get an A. And I was like, I'm okay with bees, that's cool. Uh, Now, at this point in my advanced life, I love learning and I'm on set and I'm saying, please, what else you got, tell me, what are you seeing? So um, I guess my little bit of attempt at wisdom is, listen, pay attention, and ask questions and, and believe people who you trust
0: when they tell you things. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Michael, what about you?
1: Um, so first, I will always attribute part of my success to accident, coincidence, and chaos, because I, I, I never lose sight of the fact that there are much, much, much better actors than I who have uh, don't have a- the career that I have, and I, I think we're we're foolish if we think it's because we're all just just the best actors out there. I think some of my, you know, I was lucky enough to get on a show that became, uh, you know, one of the best loved shows. And so part of my success is because of that. Um, uh, in my normal, ca- usual counterintuitive way, I'm going to share my absolute truth. I think part of my success has been very low expectations mm-hmm. and an utter lack of ambition. And I'll, I'll explain why I say that. Both of those things have enabled me to concentrate on the work not the career. When I go play a part, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. I get to be this person. Not, it may lead to, it may not lead to, I, 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 I have very low expectations and any job I get exceeds those that, which is just, it's always a surprise and it's always a joy. And uh, I, I'm not particularly like, you know, Calculating how to move my career forward. I just want to keep slugging in good work, you know, and, and exploring these characters and having that juicy fun of, of, of being somebody else for a minute. Uh, So that's my, my, my weird answer to your, to your very sensible question.
0: No, it's, it's a great answer. And thank you for offering it. Uh, Austin, how about you? I know you're
5: going to come to me next uh, because there's something, there's some time in the future that Michael and I may pay, play relatives or brothers at some point. I feel like there's some
2: <laughs> yeah.
5: resemblance that I'm not quite sure of, but there's something there. Um, maybe if I put on, let's let's switch glasses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Your you yeah. Um, imagine if I did. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. There was a, an exercise we did in one of my... Uh, voice classes that in, in uh, at the Actor Studio uh, Drama School that uh, I was in the third year. And it was like, you know, you're starting to kind of finish out, but it, it was my first time with this particular voice teacher. And it was like the first day of class, it was like one of those exercises that's like, break the ice, you know? Um, and there was, uh, there was an exercise to be like, you had to say, what, you know, you have to shout kind of full voice, you know, full diaphragmatic voice, kind of what you, um, what you want to express as an actor, like why you act, why, you know, what you bring to the, the table, you know, and I think I said something like, uh, it was a, probably a longer version of it, but joy or, um, you know enjoyment fun you know because even in the most dramatic dark characters as actors we have fun um and that goes to and i have to remind myself it has to it goes to auditioning and failing um that it's not fun to audition put your heart and soul into an audition and not get the part But the challenge of it as the athlete competitive person that I am makes it fun because I'm not really competing against anyone else besides myself. It's not like one guy keeps getting the same roles over me. Yes, certain guys get (laughs) roles often over me, um, usually the bigger ones, but then I get the TV roles, uh, series regular TV. And I think TV is better than film now anyway um but there's a sense of like enjoyment joy fun that i want to relay um in the experience and the opening of perspectives and empathy of different points of view like all these characters we play have all these different points of view yes you're going to be in some camp but who knows i i could play like you know there's there's a lot of white supremacists out there and I'm Jewish. So I could wind up playing someone like that in, in a future, in a future role. Um, And to kind of see life from that perspective, um, I think helps other people helps the world. But I mean, honestly, more selfishly helps me see what other people's lives are like and, or gives me a glimpse because I'm not really going to know um, I think Lenny Bruce, I did a project on Lenny Bruce when I was in school, but he said something like, "I am the sum of everything that's happened to me. Um, and so you you know certain people in this world, maybe some people in power, only think what's happened to them as actors. I feel like we've gotten to see what what happens to other people um, and then we go back into our lives and have that uh, enlightened perspective and you know, I I agree with Michael, we are, we are the best of people. Um, Sometimes the worst, but mainly the best of people, because we're taking the effort, we're making those, um, part of our career is seeing through someone else's eyes. And um, uh, I think that helps you as a person, especially in this, like, very polarized political world. And then the cops are coming for me right now. So um, I got to go, guys. I got to hide the bodies. I always <laughs> call
1: that, that the acting police. They're, they're yeah, very, the
5: acting, sorry. That, up was, with that. that was the red light at the uh, comedy uh, store. Yeah. Okay.
0: Five minutes. Okay. Um. Thanks. Thank you, Austin. Uh, Sujit, how about you? What's, uh, what's the advice that you want to offer?
2: Well, first of all, let me say that if we're talking about the secret of my success, I am still waiting for my big break. Don't <laughs> <laughs> Don't even think that that isn't happening. But if I had to define why I am able to do what I do, I think it boils down to three things. One is reading. Uh, You know, I grew up in a small town. There were no plays to go see. There wasn't, and this is before the internet, there's no movies that are coming except, you know, the the big Hollywood movie that came to town. But I could read the great plays and I could read anything and read whatever like i read every book on show business in the saskatoon public library between the ages of 14 and 17 you know um and and i whatever that able enabled me to do is what i that's the fuel that i carry today um the second secret is diversification i didn't plan to be an actor i didn't think i could have a career as an actor growing up anyway I started as a writer, I went to drama school and didn't take acting classes. I took directing and dramaturgy and, and I really started as a writer. I broke into television as a, as a writer and I ended up writing something that I ended up acting in and that's how I started acting. So diversification, and I continue to work as a writer and a director, diversification has been the secret of my success because it's been the secret of my survival. You know, um, I can't ever count on one thing particularly acting. I mean, it has lately, but you know, it hasn't always been there, but I've, I've been able to su- survive through diversification. And the third thing is luck, you know, it's that simple. There is no reason at all that somebody like me from my era growing up in small town Canada should have a career in show business. Uh, and, I, and I can give credit to myself for the reading part, and the diversification part, but there was a lot of luck involved, um, you know, and it continues to be, and I'm just, I'm grateful for that. Obviously, I don't think you make luck, but you make opportunities for luck to happen, I think, and that's where parts one and two came in, so that's how I would answer that question. The other thing I wanted to say, just going back to your previous question, is not so much props, but one thing I love being able to take away as an actor are skills that I've had to learn. Like I can assist on an emergency C-section now, seriously, because I was trained. They, brought, they bring us in two days early on transplant to learn the operations. I mean, there are driving things that I had to learn. You know, I rode a horse and I had to take horse stuff. You know, like there's a whole bunch of things that I would never know otherwise if I hadn't been an actor. And that, to me, is a, is a great gift of, of being an actor. And props aside, those little skill things are my great uh, joy.
0: that's wonderful. Michael, you ever play a lawyer on a horse? <laughs>
5: <laughs> the pony expects, well, man, have who who
0: does take. these sections as he rides,
3: yes. You, oh. laugh. you laugh, but, but yes. <laughs>
5: <laughs> the Pony Express had to have some, some oh. sort
1: of presentation, right? It was King of, King of Queens. They, oh. uh, the lawyers went on a retreat. There were horses. Yep. Yes. yes.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Tom, let's, uh, let's end with you. What, well,
4: uh, let's see. Uh, I would say that uh, come to the work prepared. I've always uh, prided myself in that. But I had to learn a little bit along the way to listen 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 so be prepared be open and then an acting teacher many years ago said be malleable Mm. Uh, be willing to shape yourself differently and that's helped me immensely and then finally i would say and uh, i always knew this innately but uh, again many years ago i was show i was called very very early to the set And uh, I was grumpy about it. And I got there and I saw all these people working, uh, setting up and uh, prop people and all that. And I realized they had been there at least two hours before I was there. And I thought if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And it reminded me that it is a complete family. And that applies to theater. Uh, Every rehearsal I ever went to, there was always the stage managers there and prop people doing things that we're, we're a huge family doing this. And uh, that stood me in good stead in the work environment. And I would pass that on to any young actor I was talking to. Remember, there's so many people behind helping you do what you do.
0: Perfect. And it's a great segue into how I view all of you, which is family. And uh, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful and Humbled and uh, still beyond uh, any kind of belief of why or how, but uh, you are family. And thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, for being with me through this uh, you know first hundred episodes of this show and an adventure which I don't know where it's going to lead down the road, but I'm enjoying every moment of it. Um, yeah. And thank you to everybody who keeps tuning in and who keeps watching and commenting. Uh, We really, really love acting. This is why we do this. This is why all of you have been on the program. And I can't wait to share the next, as Austin pointed out, the next hundred and the next hundred and next thousand after that with everybody else. Thank you.